0: sair do Abaeté como a praia do Flamengo não de carro, mas a pé pelas dunas mago a há de ver belezas tais que mal tá pra descrever tem o que desgrava tais água limpa de beber cavalinhas e teus borboletas e
1: Welcome to The Brazilian Beat, episode 108, with our special guest, Silvia Monrique. Join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion music-making community one interview at a time. This is Diana.
2: And this is Courtney. I am so, like, excited about... I mean, gosh, I'm so proud. Yeah, yeah this is...
1: It's we always say it's a special episode, but this really is in a way because it's one of our own, Um, and we're really proud and excited about this project.
2: Yeah. So Sylvia does all of all of the translations, or or most of the translations, if you guys have heard, if you've listened to other episodes with Brazilians and even some Argentinians. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And but we're just she's pursued this dream, and now she's come out with an LP. So my gosh, we're just super excited for her. Yes. So Sylvia always knew that she wanted to be a singer. My first memories are of singing into a tape recorder and listening back to it with my aunt, who babysat me for the first few years of my life. My toddler years were basically a string of unending listening parties where together we appreciated 70s artists. Her favorites were The Beatles, The Bee Gees, and Old Boleros.
1: It was this eclectic mix of music combined with her dad's love of bossa nova that solidified her love for world music. In college, she dabbled in salsa, singing the lead vocals for Adelante, a band created by the respected ethnomusicologist and author Lise Waxer. But Brazilian music was already beginning to take a prime place in her musical life. Singing in jazz combos, she found herself gravitating toward the Bossa Nova standards and immediately began studying Portuguese at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign.
2: After college, Silvia sang jazz, but it wasn't until meeting other Brazilians and Brazilian music-minded musicians that she began to focus on learning the craft of Brazilian popular music. In 2008, she founded Biaba do Samba, a band that became a permanent fixture in the Chicago world music scene, performing at respected venues and festivals like the Old Town School of Folk Music, the Logan Square Arts Festival the Chicago World Music Festival, the Chicago Latino Film Festival, and the Millennium Park Summer Music Festival at the beautiful Pritzker Pavilion. In 2016, she participated in the album Aquarela, a compilation of children's songs arranged and produced by the incomparable Paulinho Garcia. In addition to singing Brazilian music, Silvia's voice has appeared in
1: national advertisements, most notably the 2014 World Cup campaign for State Farm that reimagined Patrick Hernandez's classic Born to be Alive. Silvia also plays Brazilian percussion, focusing on the tambourine, completing studies with carnival-style samba masters like Messi Ailton Nunes of the Mangueira Samba School, Dudu Fuentes of Monobloco, and Bangala Fumenga. Georgie Alabey and Mestri Jonas of Mosidagi Independenti. She currently studies voice under the tutelage of Fabiana Cosa and is working towards a performance associate's degree.
2: She resides in Chicago. And she is a member of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we hope you guys enjoy this, this quick episode with Sylvia and go check out her music. Good morning, Courtney. Good morning, Diana.
1: We have a special episode today, um, one that features one of our own.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: our translator, magnif- Magnifique, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sylvia Manrique. Yay!
0: Yay! Hey, guys!
2: Thanks for being here,
1: Sylvia. Thank you for having me. It's so it's weird to uh, be the interviewee, but we we're going to do it. Sylvia has a new EP coming out um that she's worked on over the last year or so and we're just really excited
2: and proud to uh to share this with everybody. And I think that you guys need to know her music. We've all heard her like beautiful voice. I mean your speaking voice is amazing and your singing voices as well. So um <laughs> I'm just really excited for you, I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. Like this is such Aww. a cool thing. So, so yeah, welcome to the podcast, Sylvia Menrique. Thank you,
3: thank you. And for the listeners, it is Brazilian music, so it is related to the Brazilian, <laughs> Brazilian beat podcast theme.
2: And it was <laughs> yes. it was recorded and produced in Brazil, right? It was. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Yes.
3: Um, it was recorded in November of last year, um, at the it's it's called Studio Arsis and it's a really great studio it's pretty uh it's run by this guy um Adonis Souza who's just really well known in the um recording art space I mean I walked into his studio and he's got like you know the Grammy uh framed you know um, certificates and things like that Milton Nascimento has recorded there Mm -hmm. I mean just like really cool people and uh, Fabiana Cosa too yes Sao Paulo Mm -hmm. yeah so and Fabiana too Fabiana Cosa
1: and this this is dropping on what date
3: on May 26th. So probably when you listen to this, it'll probably have launched already. So it launches on Friday, May 26th. Um, yeah, it is four songs. Um,
0: let's see.
2: So how about this? Um, when did you start to feel and have this dream of recording and, and putting out, putting out something like this to working on this project? Oh,
3: Man, I think the 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 dream of recording an album, I mean, I think I was like probably like a small child. I was probably like seven, <laughs> seven or eight. I mean, I remember like um and it was funny, it's funny because it was like, you know how your tastes in music change, you know, as you <laughs> from when you get you're older, seven, yeah. from when you're seven years old. Um <laughs> I mean, I think I must have been, like, when I really, like, started to think about, like, I want to have a record, right, Um, Mm. was when I was a huge fan. I was, you know, into the hair bands when I was, like, (laughs) 12 or 11. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And the, you know, there were a few, there were very few women in that space, right, of, like, the hair bands. But Lita Ford, if anybody remembers, was, was a guitarist and, you know, had her own thing going. And I remember going to a record signing of hers, and I was just like, "I want to do a record." <laughs> um, and it took uh, you know thirty years or so to get <laughs> to get moving on that dream. But I finally, you know, with the help of a lot of people, got to you know to do it. So um, I started singing Brazilian music exclusively in twenty in two thousand six. Um, after singing jazz for a long for since I was in college and salsa I salsa was also something that I sang in college but um, I started singing jazz and this guitar and you know of course anybody who sings jazz sings bossa nova right it's like part of their repertoire you have to sing mm-hmm. you know the joe beam and Joel al tunes and I just liked it better more than any jazz song I thought I loved singing Portuguese. I ended up taking Portuguese in college to to sort of get, you know, to understand Portuguese. And I and I happened to have like it was kind of the universe sent me a teacher who loved Brazilian music. I mean, she was from Rio, but she sorry. Bruna decided she was gonna (laughs) interrupt my answer. Um, I had a Brazilian teacher from Rio who loved M and, um and bebé right? Music uh-huh. música popular brasileira. And so part of her vocabulary lessons for us was us deciphering a song. And I remember doing like a ton of Hitali songs. She loved Hitali, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. recently who just passed away a couple that's weeks really, ago. Yeah. Um, so that's how I got to know Hitali was through this teacher and mm, like cool. she loved Chico Buarque and like any presentation or paper that we had to do. I always did it on music. So mm-hmm. I did like a presentation on Jobim. I did a paper on Java. I did, you know, so it was like more than a language class. It was a cultural class for me. Um, but it wasn't until 2000, 2006 um, that I answered an ad in Craigslist. Um, <laughs> you remember that, folks?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: um this guy, uh, Marcos Galvo, who now lives in, he's back in, he lives back in Brazil, but he was here in, he lived here in Chicago. And he was like, I want to start a band. I want to start a, you know, a Brazilian music band. And I sent him a message. And I think like a few weeks later, I was singing in his, uh, in his living room. Um, so that sort of kicked it off. And then mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, you know, in bands until about 2012, I would say, um, and that was sort of, uh, you know, we had some great success in that, you know, like local success in that band. Like we played the world music festival in Chicago and, um, you know, people really liked our music, but then, uh, we, stopped playing um two of our members moved away like literally within months of each other I think even yeah months of each other mm-hmm. um a friend of mine was like the way that it, it, it all went down you know with like all of a sudden like this guy moved and then that sparked the other guy to move you know I, I have a friend who says like that was voodoo <laughs> 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 the way it happened somebody did voodoo on you guys um And we laugh about it, but, um, but anyway, uh, and then I stopped playing and I stopped singing just because, you know, life, you know, I think life gets busy and you start, you know, especially I know like a lot of uh, people who do art as like their quote unquote hobby. um, You know, you get busy with work and, you know, it takes time some, you know, to create a band that you like right it's hard to find
2: chemistry with people
3: exactly Mm -hmm. exactly um you know and I think at that time I forgot that it takes time to build that chemistry sometimes Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. it's not like you show up one day and you know you start playing with people and it works out it takes a lot of time to get into a flow but it's Mm -hmm. rare yeah yeah exactly um and then, um, you know, in 2014, my mom had a kidney transplant, and so she, you know, required a lot of, of okay. care and attention from from the, our family, and so it just sort of, you know, got on the back burner a bit. Sure. Um, and I still performed here and there, like, you know, I would, you know, friends that I keep in touch with in the music scene would ask me to do a show with them or to perform at like some private gig or something like that. But I had nothing really um, going, you know, like it's just sure. sort of it's
1: consistently. Mm-hmm. But we did know Sylvia from Brazil camp. That's where
3: exactly we which met. I... Yes. Yes. We did have Brazil camp, which I think is uh, for a lot of people, if they don't, if they're not lucky enough to live in a town you know, like Portland, Portland that has those opportunities, like, you know, you guys have a lot of groups. And um, I think Brazil camp can be an outlet for a lot of people where they're not playing in their home city, Mm -hmm. you know, because you get to spend a week or two with really great artists and learning from them and um, absorbing their, their knowledge and energy. So is Brazil camp
2: where you met Fabiana?
3: It is. It is where I met Fabiana. Yes. Um, it's not where I first learned of Fabiana. I've been mm-hmm. listening to Fabiana for, I mean, I think I first started listening to her in like 2008 or 2007, mm-hmm. maybe. She's which been is... like
2: your teacher for a long time, right? Like you guys have worked together.
3: No, no, no. I, oh, I was thought you had. Just, I was, no, mm-hmm. I was just her fangirl. I was just the fangirl. Like... going to
2: say that we've been fangirls
3: for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, When I was in Baba de Samba, the band that I was talking about earlier, um, I played a a lot of her songs, like a lot of her songs Mm -hmm. were um, in our repertoire. And, you know, they're not necessarily her songs, right? They're like songs that are famous in the samba
0: Mm -hmm.
3: universe, Um, like, you know, Donna, you know, Yvonne Ilada songs Mm -hmm. and things like that. But I can honestly say with fabiana's repertoire like there there are songs that i would listen to by other artists that i was like yeah that's a great song but i don't want to sing it and then i would hear fabiana sing it and i'd be like i want to sing that that's awesome (laughs) the way
2: she does it yeah cool
3: (laughs) the way she does it yeah the 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 way she interprets uh a song and you know so i'd be like oh my god this song is great i want to sing it um And so I was her fan for a long time. I, you know, even my trips to Brazil, I'd never got to see her live or anything like that. Um, And then uh, she was asked to go to Brazil camp. Um, And we could, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And Diana,
1: did you have a hand in like, you know, I kept prodding Dennis. I was like, you've got to get Fabiana and she's great. And then I kept prodding, um, capucho to to lean in on dennis too so
2: maybe is she one of capuchos
1: artists no but he's you know you know around a lot of artists in Mm -hmm. São paulo and gotcha um so yeah there's a connection
3: yeah and she's also you know beyond being an amazing uh singer she also has like a she's working on her phd um Mm -hmm. in in, uh, she has a master's in voice, I believe. And I think her, I don't know what her exactly what her PhD focus is, but you know, her, she has deep training in not just like vocal technique, but like the entire system of what creates sound in your body. Hmm. Right. So she has this, um, this, um, company or her, her, you know her teaching technique it's called corpo da voz Mm -hmm. which is the body of the voice and so she talks a lot about sort of the structures of your diaphragm and not just like vocal exercises but like what causes of you know how do you get different sounds how do you get more power um and that was really something that was interesting to me so um so that's why I reached out to her, uh, in 2020. So at the end of 2020, um, mid pandemic, I mean, we're still in the pandemic. So it's, I think it was early in the pandemic. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in November of 2020 and had to start chemotherapy in December of 2020. And I think of like, I mean, I think anybody who's been diagnosed with cancer, like the first thing you think of is like, I'm going to die. Right and like, sure, yeah. what didn't I do that I would like? What what am what are my regrets? Right, mm-hmm, and definitely. like the the biggest thing was music for me. Like I mm. don't have any recording. I I haven't like I want to sing and I don't have any CDs. Like I don't have any music. Um, and it was almost mm. a point of sh- it was almost a part like there was a shame in there like in myself for not having recorded music because. You know, we never, even with the band, with Baba Samba, we didn't record. Um, and, you know, we just never had, you know, CDs to sell or anything like that. Like there was just, you know, and I think that was a great lesson for me too. And um, making sure that you align yourself with people who have the same goals as you, you know, mm. like um, that have the same uh that want the same things you know because not everybody wants the same thing not everybody wants to you know plays music to be famous or plays music Mm to you know make it a career or anything like that um but yeah so when I was diagnosed that was like my big thing like oh my god please let me survive this so I can record music please let me survive this so I can record music and you know I was going through therapy or through chemotherapy and I'm like what can I do it to just like, you know, get my mind off things, you know, de-stress. And I reached out to Fabiana and I was like, can we, can, you know, I know you're giving lessons and I would love to, I would love to, you know, have lessons with you, et cetera. Hmm. And so we would meet, um, I think it was every other week. And she was great because like, you know, she's very focused on, on breathing technique and making sure you're in the right, pos- you know, posture and all that stuff. And it really helped, um, you know, the, the, you know, I would come out of those classes, like, like I'd had just done yoga, you know, <laughs> like, like very, you know, less stressed, um, just feeling a little bit of a, you know, a post meditation, mm-hmm. Zen, you know, and this was all
2: online with her. This was
3: all online, yeah. Going through chemo, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah. And it's so funny because, like,
3: I didn't do a lot of Zoom meetings. I mean, I was still working throughout Mm -hmm. my whole treatment, and so I didn't do a lot of Zoom meetings. And most people knew why. You know, the people that I worked with knew why I wasn't doing Zoom. But you know, with her, you had I had to be on Zoom, Mm -hmm. and I was I was just was not ready to to tell anybody what what I was going through, and so (laughs) I would wear like a wig. And sometimes it was like, you know, she would make me like stand up or do, you know, weird breathing. I'd be like, worried that my wig would fall off <laughs> um, <laughs> because it wasn't a great wig. It was like a very cheap wig from Amazon. But anyway, um, but, you know, slowly but surely you know, we started doing working on a repertoire and just like, mm. you know, and I think she kind of sensed that I wanted more than just lessons, right? Like I, it's, you know, to me, music was not just about like, okay, I do a lesson and then I go away. Right. It was like,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I wanted to go back to singing. Like I wanted to go, you know, do shows again and maybe record and all this stuff. And, and so she was like, I feel like a lot of uh musicians, that have to have some level of success in music. Oh, you they always have that story about somebody who, you know, in like gave them the incentive to to take something more their art more seriously. Um or was like, you should do this or you should, you know, you can do this. You can if you want this as a career, you can do this as a career. Um and I didn't have anybody in my life That did that before Fabiana. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I come from a child, I'm a child of immigrants, you know, like you there's there's no art careers for child children of immigrants. (laughs) Um and so she was the first person to be like, like I she said to me, she's like, I'm sure you love your job. Like, yeah, it's fine, but like, is it really what you want to be doing? (laughs) And I was like, well, actually, not only is it not what I want to be doing, but I don't love my job. <laughs> it's like, you know, something I do. Um, and she was like, if you want to do this, she's like, you, she's like, there you have the talent to do this as a as a career, if you want to do it, but yeah. you have to focus, you know, you have to do, you know, you have to work and do the work, yeah. Do the work. And so throughout, you know, and then I got better, you know, had surgeries, you know, and we just kept, you know, I kept studying with her and she was like, you know, you should record, you should record. I feel like you need to record because you need to, I, you know, I, I think she's very, she's an intuitive person and I think she picks up on a lot of energy and I think she realize that there was some reason why i hadn't recorded yet you know she might she know
2: did she know you were going through chemo at the time did she know no
3: no Mm -hmm. oh she didn't she didn't she did no Mm -mm. she did not uh and so i think she i think she sensed that there was a lot of like internal barriers to why i hadn't recorded yet you know whether it's and honestly like i don't even really know what they are like i think i'd have to do a lot of psychoanalysis to like really get through the layers but i think she realized like okay there's a reason why she hasn't recorded yet and it's not logistical right it's not because she doesn't have right. the resources it's not because she doesn't know people that she could record with it's not because she isn't good you know she literally organizes stuff for a living right as a marketing person like you're a capable human i'm Mm -hmm. a i'm a capable project manager Mm -hmm. um and so she's like i'm gonna make it easy for you i'm gonna help you pick your repertoire and then i'm gonna set you up with the arranger who produces me which i thought was so generous Mm -hmm. right because so many artists you know, she's not the first person I've studied with, you know, and she's the most generous person I've studied with mm. um, the most because she is not a gatekeeper, mm. um, which I think tends yeah. to be yeah. something really prevalent in music. Yes. Um, she mm. was, you know, I mean, she's like, uh, you know, she was giving away her secrets, you know, and mm-hmm. her people. Um, to someone
2: who she doesn't know very well, <laughs> you I know? Think so I think that's a product of like when someone is at the top of their game, like she is,
0: you yeah, know? and totally. they
2: know that the the secret is not in the actual information, and like gatekeeping or whatever isn't gonna like hold somebody back necessarily that what holds people back is their own motivation to do the work right like so yes. you can mm-hmm. you can share all the tips and tools and strategies and quote unquote secret information but 99.9% of people aren't going to take advantage of it and the people who are at the top of their game know that they know that like that it just takes hard work to get there Like, I don't, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying making sense Totally. Totally. And I think too, they're not afraid. And obviously they're, they're just not afraid because they're secure in their own skills and like exactly, and somebody else exactly. at the top isn't going to knock you off the top. Like that doesn't work that way, but some people. Exactly. It does. Yeah.
3: Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that was a huge lesson, lesson for me too. I mean, I think we all have like, you know, um, you know, fear of, people overtaking us or you know whether it's in music or in other things you know um there's always that sort of envy you know in in I think in the arts and beyond but she was um she's a yeah she's secure in herself she is secure in her talent and rightly so obviously but um but she was she was like I'm going to make this happen for you because we got so it. We, great. we have to, we have to make this happen because there's, this is something that you have to overcome and that like the, the faster you overcome this like barrier of not recording, um, the faster you can move on with your life, you know?
2: <laughs> That's, <cool. laughs> That's so cool. That's such a yeah. cool thing. Well, also singing is so vulnerable too. I feel like and totally. that, that particular art form, like it's your voice and In the U.S., people we are so judgmental about people who are, like, less than perfect singers, you know? Or anything at all. Yeah, or or anything. anything, We've got that show, The Voice, and people just relish in, like, taking down the beginner who sucks, you know? Like, how could they Mm -hmm. possibly imagine that they could put themselves on stage? You know what I'm saying? Like we've got these examples on national television of Mm -hmm. people embarrassing themselves by singing and then people nailing it by singing, you know what I'm saying? So it's like this, this bar is so high (laughs) and the art form is so vulnerable that it's God. I, uh, yeah, I can imagine there were huge barriers to trying to do it.
3: Right. And I think if you even have, I mean, I think some people are lucky in that they, you know, have an innate sense of of self-worth that they're like, yeah, of course I deserve this, you know, but there's some people that don't. And I think that there's a big,
0: uh,
3: you know, why me, why do I think Mm -hmm. that I can do this? Like, Mm -hmm. like there's always that voice of like, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Who do you think you are to think that you can, you know sing for a living
2: like who do you think you are really it's your dark side your dark side. yeah is telling you that stuff to hold you back yeah totally yeah and to keep she... you safe I mean it's really there to keep you safe I mean totally
3: totally that's true but um but yeah and, and so she like just rammed past all of that bullshit <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and was like you got to do this and so then you know amid all of this you know, turmoil in my own health journey. Um, you know, my mom also was going through some things. And so it was really hard for me to get away, you know, from Chicago. And yeah, uh, so, right. you know, planning this, you know, to go to Brazil and and record and all this this stuff was kind of like uh it seemed almost uh impossible, you know. And then one day my sister, you know, we were sitting together and she's like oh yeah by the way you know I I took off a you know a couple a week or so in November because you know I thought we were going to go to Mexico but obviously you know mom's not doing you know that great so I don't think we're going to go but I'm going to take the the week off anyway um you know just to do stuff around the house and I was like "Hmm?"
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean we should point out that you you are like taking care of your mom like 24 7 yeah 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 that's a big factor, I think, in the story, yeah, yeah, yeah. um,
3: and so this was like I want to say early october when when my sister told me this, but and and then she was like, You know, because I had been talking about going to Brazil and recording, and you know, when we were when I was going to do that, I was like, you know, we were planning sort of the steps that needed to happen for mm-hmm. me to be able to to do to make it happen um and i was like you know like my you know the, the the little idea came into my head and then my sister at the same time was like you should go record at that time
2: oh cool! and
3: i was like but three weeks like can we make it happen in three that's weeks right, like, that's right that's yeah. right
2: super short notice yeah i remember yeah, I you like, telling
3: like, us like we're like oh <laughs> you're soon. like wait what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and so I texted Fabiana, and I I sent her a voice message, and I was like, um, "My sister's going to be off, and I think I can get away." But it's in <laughs> November, and here are the dates, and I don't know if. And so she's like, "Let me ask, you know, let me." Ask. She's like, "I'll be in town, but let me see if like the studio's free, mm-hmm. and, and and the musicians are free, and the arrangers are you know is free, and all that stuff." And like I think within the hour she got back to me and was like, "Let's let's do it. Let's just awesome. do it." That's so cool. And That's I, remember, I I had my Fitbit on that evening and I was like laying on the couch and my Fitbit that I was exercising because my heart was racing so <laughs> so much. Um, like it, I got the little alert like, "Oh, you congrats, you've exercised twenty minutes." And I'm like, "No,
1: I haven't moved. I'm just really excited <laughs> and
3: nervous." and um and yeah and so three weeks later i was in sao paulo recording at the i have studio. a couple of
2: questions yeah so did that after fabiana was like okay the studio is free we can do this did you have that that dark side voice come back and tell you like oh you're not gonna did it could it come back or no
3: in that moment no, like I th- I mean, thankfully, it didn't show up while I was making the confirmations uh-huh. of like what I needed to do, like, Buying you know, yes, and stuff. Say, yeah, to you know, making sure, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. all of those that planning, I think the one thing that I really love is traveling. And so it I sort of like I think the traveling part of it took over, mm-hmm. and I didn't think about. The big, the bigger picture.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. You know,
3: I was like, I get to go to Brazil! Oh my god! And <laughs> you know, this, you know, this sort of voice was dormant for a bit. Yeah. But I mean, leading up to that, oh my god! Leading up to to <laughs> going to Brazil, I mean, I would be walking the dog, and I'd be like, I can't cancel! Like, I, I can't cancel! You know what I mean? Should I cancel? Like, mm. maybe I should like, maybe I should do it some other time. Like is there enough time? Like, you know, seriously considering just moving it to another time, another
2: date. Yeah.
1: No. Did you Um, already have your rep set at this point or was it after it was a go that you decided what songs you were going to do?
3: Um, we had been talking throughout the, you know, my, my studies with her about repertoire because we worked on songs. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she knew, like, I'm very, uh, I gravitate toward certain singers. I mean, Diana knows, like, okay. I think I have, like, 10 artists that I listen to on repeat and then occasionally listen to something else, like classical music. But if I'm listening to music that I, like, really want to listen to, like songs, I'm listening to those 10 artists all the time. And so she was like, okay, we. you have to record a Joyce song, for sure because like you always pick her <laughs> you always pick her songs um and so she kind of like helps me identify like okay what composers do i really like and then we would you know do some stuff on the during our lessons and you know I'd, i you know and and she's you know honest so if i brought her a song and i'm like i really want think i want to do this song she'd be like um I don't know if that's like maybe, you know, think about something else because that song is X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Like she had no problem saying that's that's probably not a good idea. That's but.
2: a perfect guide, dude. Like mm-hmm. having somebody that can tell you like the positive and the negative. Honestly, Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. like that's so good.
3: Yeah. Because in the moment you're like, I mean, it was like three weeks. I was so excited. You know, I was like, but then I want to do this and I, I think I want to do that. And, you know, what if I did this? And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's focus, let's let's focus. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, so she really helped, um, shape it, but I, I ultimately picked the songs that I wanted mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then we sent them to uh, Fi Marostica, who is um, one of Fabiana's arrangers, um, which we'll link to some of his work too. Um, he is really a great performer. He um, and arranger, artist, etc. He um, produces a lot of stuff for Fabiana and for Vanessa Moreno, who I'm sure and her husband. Her ex-husband. Ex-husband, okay. Her ex-husband, yes. But he is a bassist. Like, that's his primary instrument. Um, And then the stuff that he does with Vanessa Moreno um, is very, like, it's very innovative. It's, like, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of body percussion. Um, His... Work really takes bass to like the forefront of things like you know when we think about bass it's always sort of you know like one of the you know one of the layers of music right um but the way that Fee does his stuff I mean it really is like uh you know a the star a star instrument and he's re- and it's really cool um and then he did um had a hand in doing the uh, Fabiana's last album called the latest album called Los santos mm-hmm. um and so so anyway yes his, his his style is really unique um and so when she told me it was gonna be him arranging i was like what <laughs> <laughs> what um <clears throat> and he arranged the tunes um and then he brought two uh, musicians that are they're actually really young guys they're like I mean uh, I think they're like 24 and 25 or something like that May, might be maybe even younger but they're like fixtures in the Sao Paulo mm. jazz scene mm-hmm. um, Nicolás maya he's the pianist and um, Mateus Marinho who is the drummer? And Mateus actually just released his CD not that long ago. I want to say a couple months ago, maybe maybe a month and a half ago. Um, he's a drummer, but he arranges wonderfully as well. Um and he just released his album. I think it's called Vinci So I think he's 25. Um, so they're super young people, but so so good um and so yeah i flew to sao paulo um you know fabiana it's so funny because uh you know having a day job you kind of i think you tell yourself stories about how seriously you should take thing music right and fabiana was like okay i want you to arrive this day so that you have you know This you know this many days of vocal rest after your flight because the flight can do this to your body and the flight can do this to your vocal cords and Hmm. and I was like okay okay like that's cool I understand that and so she really you know was prescriptive about how she wanted everything to go and yeah uh, I arrived at um, the studio and the studio was super cool and we got to recording and recorded in two days. four four songs yeah one of the things on the so there's four songs on the EP right and two of them are in Portuguese one of them is in French and one of them is in Spanish and I didn't want to do a Spanish song
2: (laughs) show off (laughs) (laughs) just kidding I want to speak all those languages but go ahead (laughs) um
3: I didn't I I mean it's not that I didn't want to do a Spanish song I just never thought of it
0: A todas esas cosas Y tú me enseñaste Que son maravillosas Sutil llegaste a mí Como una tentación corazón yo no concebía como se quería y en tu mundo raro y por ti aprendí Me pregunto, al ver que me olvidaste, por qué no me enseñaste cómo se vive sin ti. Tú me acostumbraste.
3: cosas I mean, other than salsa, which I sing, when I, the last time I sang that, I was in college, right? <clears throat> um, Spanish music just wasn't in my... I mean, I wanted to sing Brazilian music my whole life almost, you know? I started listening to Brazilian music when I was liter- a literal child, and it was because my dad listened to Brazilian music. Um, you know, when I was little, my dad loved... Um, he listened to this group called Los Machucambos, which was a group from Paris, but they were, like, different ethnicities. Like, I think mm-hmm. some one of them was from France, one of them was from Argentina, one of them was from wherever. And they sang music from all over Latin America. So, like, their CDs would have, like, a Colombian folk tune, a Peruvian folk tune, a Mexican folk, you know, ranchera. Um, and then they would also do Brazilian music. And I, like, wore out the Brazilian parts of the LPs because I loved the Brazilian tunes. Like, I've known the words to the Chico Chico do Fuba, right? (laughs) Since I was, like, six years old.
1: Um, That's amazing.
2: Why was Fabiana, I'm going to interrupt you, why was Fabiana so set on you doing one in Spanish? Was it because of your history, like your...
3: Yeah, because of background. you know I'm I'm background. Mexican. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Mexican and Mexican American, um, but uh, I think she just felt like you know because she sings in Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know she did. Um, she's had some in- like some uh, exchange opportunities with Cuba. Yeah, where she, she
1: performed there.
3: She's performed, she did, um there was a pianist named Bola de Nieve, who mm-hmm. she, like, I think she celebrated, like, some kind of commemoration about his career, and so she did, but, you know, uh, songs of his, and, mm-hmm. you know, she recorded Ay Amor, which is a bunch of boleros, and I think she feels them, you know what I mean? It's like, I think she feels for boleros and Spanish music the way I feel for Brazilian music, mm-hmm. you know? And... I think she was like, she was just like, this girl, she can't deny her. She wanted you to. Her <laughs> roots, <laughs> cool. you
2: know? Yeah. What? Um, um. When did you tell her about your diagnosis or did you? Um. I want to say when I
3: started growing my hair back,
0: mm.
3: you know, because I, I was able to stop wearing the wig.
0: Before
3: you got to Brazil. Before. Oh, yeah. Way before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Way before. I see. Yeah. 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 Um, I think after, I think part of, um, why I didn't tell people was, uh, I I don't know if it's, you can call it superstition, but I was just like, I just want to know that I'm okay. And then I'll tell people, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I, I just want to like, you know, cause I feel like, um, and I know it's not the same for people. I feel like there's, there are people who get really good energy from other people knowing and other people telling them. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm here for you, all of that stuff, and I, you know, that's that's one way of doing things. But I honestly didn't want to see people's reactions yeah. to telling them this news because I feel like, no matter what you know or don't know about your diagnosis at the time, people are going to think the worst. And so I didn't want to see or hear because at the time it was the pandemic, right? So I wasn't seeing exactly. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to see people be scared for me. Or treated right?
1: differently. That's exactly what I want. Yeah.
2: To. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, and like, people don't know what to say and they get uncomfortable, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And then also like you get some crazy people. <laughs> My mom's had cancer several times and so I've witnessed it as an observer, but like. You get all these people telling you. My mom wouldn't tell anybody either, but it, you get all these people telling you, like, "Oh, you need to use this herb yes. and go do <laughs> this crazy thing." The salve, like, and... yeah, like, oh, all mm-hmm. of cancer comes from you know whatever bad electricity in your house or something. You know, it's <laughs> you get every people come out of the woodwork to tell yeah. you what to do. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I didn't want people like I was just I wanted to like clear all my space of any, um, any like, oh, she's going to die energy, you know? And I don't think that people like, I think people that love you even think that, you know what I mean? It's not like it's, it's a malicious thing. It's a, it's a natural Mm
1: -hmm. reaction, you know,
3: it's a natural, natural reaction. And I didn't want any of that. Um, and so that's why I didn't really tell anybody.
1: And you had the pandemic, so so it was kind of nice to,
3: yeah, it was easy too. To, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was easy because I didn't have to see anybody.
3: Um, and so when I finally told her, it was when I was growing her back. And I think she knew, I think she knew, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. she didn't outwardly say, like, oh, yeah, I knew. Because I don't think she, she you know, she would never say that. But I think she knew there was something.
2: Something was going on.
3: Something was going on.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, so can you tell us about your studio time? How was that working oh, with those uh,
3: musicians? It was great. I, I feel like um, I was catatonic. Like <laughs> I feel like, you know, I mean, think about when you have like this big desire to do something like it's your whole life uh, dream. And then you're like in it, you know, you're in it. I feel like I was not in my body which i feel like i'm glad i did it um, but i honestly can't wait for the next one because i hope that i'll be more present in mind and body cuz i was I, I was literally out of my body i feel like i was so nervous i hadn't i hadn't sung in a long time you hadn't flown um, in a long time right i hadn't flown in a long time um i hadn't traveled <laughs> in a long time um it was uh you know i i feel like Um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't, I had stopped singing in like 20, I think the last time I did like a show around like a festival, like any type of thing was 2016. So I hadn't really done anything with my voice. And even though, you know, I sang a lot, I sang in my classes with her, you know, I sang at home. Um, I was like, do I still remember, like, has my voice changed? Like, you know I, I like did chemotherapy ruin my vocal cords like all of these things were in my head you know and so when i show up to the to the studio i was like um i'm being very weird i'm really sorry like i you
0: know like <laughs> <laughs>
3: talking to the to the to the musicians i'm like they're going to think i'm like the weirdest person because like i literally couldn't even look in the eye cuz i was just so nervous mm-hmm. um but they were so sweet and so good. I mean, I was on the verge of tears many times mm. just, you know, watching Fee and, you know, the and Nicolas and Mateos interact about like, here's the arrangement, like, here's how it's going to go. And then she's going to do this and um, for them to be there for me right was mm-hmm. just almost like too much like oh my god they're here because i'm going to record um so it was it was yeah it was crazy and and fabiana too you know she's like you know taking video um and it was just a it was a really magical experience but i was i was i think i you know i was like 6 feet above my own body honestly Like my 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 head was nuts. I would get I would get back to the Airbnb and just be exhausted.
2: Sure.
3: Because you know, because it's also singing, right? You're singing for a long time. So but then added add to that the emotional, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here doing this. Um totally. Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah, what
1: a first experience recording.
3: Yeah, totally. Um And then we recorded over two days, um, and we did, like I said, four songs. Um, Like I said, Fabiana was adamant that I do a song in Spanish, so I chose um, Tú Me Acostumbraste, which is a bolero um, by a Cuban composer. And it's funny because when I recorded that song, she was like... See, I told you, I told you, you need to do it. And it's, it's true. I think that there is a different level of emotion with Mm -hmm. that song that you can hear in the recording. At least I can, you know, people who, you know, know me will, will hear that uh, or have worked with me at least like, you know, have heard me sing. will hear a bit of a difference because there was just so much emotion with that song because, you know, that song, um, you know, my mom loves it. My, my my aunt, who who taught me how to sing when I was like three years old, loved that song. So it was like a lot of like emotion of like singing in Spanish. Sure.
2: The history in it. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Which I did not anticipate, you know, uh, because, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a little whatever. Um, it's and It's awesome then I get... that
2: you had Fabiana to like guide you. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like Not only does totally. she know sort of like what you're saying, the physics of how the body makes the voice and how to make people feel comfortable using their voice and, and doing these things, but she knows that aspect of it too. Mm -hmm. Like this emotional connection that you're going to have. She knew that already, but also like, she knows these great arrangers in the studio and like, you know what I'm saying? Like she's this awesome multi-tool for you. Totally, (laughs) totally.
3: And it's, um, and it's like for someone of her caliber, Right. Like, I don't. It's not lost on me, like how lucky I was to have found her,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: you know, because there's a lot of great teachers. There's a lot of, you know, but she there's something else that she brings to it. And then to have, you know, I, I explained to, you know, my mom and my sister don't listen to brazilian music very much and so they're not um they're not aware of like her status as a well-known singer um and i and i explained i'm like it's like if like i wanted to sing pop music and adele you know yeah, took me
0: under her wing. <laughs> exactly
3: um and picked my and helped me pick my repertoire and you know let me use her producers and let me, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the the generosity is like off the charts.
1: Yeah. I know uh, that you've, you know, you've wanted to do this a long time and, you know, you've often said to me, you know, Oh, I'm going to ask so-and-so. And I want to do an album and it just never panned out. But I think mm-hmm. that happened for a reason. Yeah, totally. Totally.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you get to, when you get to experience camp, and you get to talk to musicians and and learn from a lot of like really great people. Um, you know, you build a, a rapport with them, right? right? That is very much a teacher-student rapport, you know? And so sometimes you think that's going to carry over outside of camp.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and then it doesn't, you know? there's uh, There's artists who go to camp, do their thing, and then they really... That's it. They don't mm-hmm. want to have relationships with people outside of camp.
2: Well, it's like a job for them. They're getting paid. Yeah, right? like, true. Yeah. yeah, which
3: I think is fine. You know, that's yeah. that's their way. Um. But that's that's. Uh, you know, thankfully. You know, um. I think too some of the other artists, like you know, they don't, they're, and that's why I think generosity is such a, is such a key word here because I was like, you know, as I'm going through chemotherapy, as I'm like coming out of it, as I'm coming out of like, you know, surgery and all of this turmoil, I was like floating in the ocean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. like literally floating in the ocean. Yeah. And I would have never, I would have, it would have never happened without Fabiana. Mm-hmm.
2: I want to, I want to I wanna reflect something back to you, Sylvia. Like you've said that you feel lucky and you've said that, you know, because of Fabiana's generosity. And I think all that is really true. But I also want to say that like you have put in the work over the years to learn to sing and to practice and to and to put in hard work. You also had the kind of guts to ignore this dark side voice and to contact her in the middle of like chemotherapy, (laughs) like when you're at your most vulnerable and, you know, physically what's the word I'm looking for, like physically vulnerable, I guess, like, Mm -hmm. and you had the courage to contact your hero and teacher and reach out to her. And, you know, you took a really hard look at your life as cancer or any kind of like diagnosis like this will do to you and to a person and, and decided what you wanted for your life. So I just want to recognize that too you're a extremely important element <laughs> mm-hmm. don't externalize <laughs> yeah. all of it i mean some of it yeah. is, it's really important that she was there and she's the one and she's obviously gifted and talented and like an awesome person but you also sylvia have mm-hmm. put in the hard work like it wouldn't have happened if you were yeah you know, if i had yeah. contacted her and been like i want to <laughs> sing <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you are you are an important person with a gift and you've got talent, but you also, you cultivated that talent. And I I just wanted you to own some of that too. Thank
3: you. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, the reason why I talk about about Fabiana in that way is because, you know, like I said, it was, um, it was that moment that I was kind of floundering, you know, Mm -hmm. and I needed, I need, and I needed help getting back in Mm -hmm. and on a path, you know,
0: Um,
3: because, you know, of course, like there's like that, that, that voice of like, who do I think, you know, who do you think you are? But
2: you also didn't sit around and wait to be rescued either. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Right. And like, and I do, and and I, and I believe in my, in myself in terms of talent wise. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, it's not like I'm sitting here like, oh yeah, I can't, you know, I can't sing. And no, I know, you know, I know I can sing. (laughs) And I think it, I think we're Taught not to be able to not to say that, right? We're yeah. taught to be like really, you, you know, like especially women, right? Like, oh, you know, somebody gives you a compliment and you're like, oh no, like, oh, I'm not, know, yeah. I'm trying, like, oh, I'm just learning, and it's like, no, uh, I know I have this talent, but I, I, there's there's something, there was something keeping me from moving forward and. I'm never gonna say cancer was a blessing. I'm not those the kind of person that was like, oh yeah, if it hadn't been for cancer, mm-hmm. it is a situation that kind of puts your, you know, your back to the wall and is like, all right, what are you gonna do now? Because time is finite,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I don't think we go through life thinking that, I mean, especially when you're younger, right? You think you have forever. Right. And as much as people will tell you like, oh yeah, you know, things can happen and you need to live every day and seize the day. Like we don't do that, right? That's just not how our lives are set up to like think of, well, I might not be here next week. You know, that's like not how we live our lives. And so when this came up, it was like, holy shit, I don't regret anything else. There's nothing else that I would do differently except for this hmm. you know if i leave this earth and i have not made an effort to make music and have people listen to it and make it for posterity too right cuz you can make music and then and never record which is what i was mm-hmm. doing right um i'm going to be i'm going to be haunting people like i'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be one of those like souls that <laughs> it's not at rest Um, that you have to like exercise from your home because I didn't get to do it. And so I was like, the first chance I get, I'm going to
2: fucking do this. Awesome, Nice. Awesome. You
1: know, I don't think we've mentioned it, but can you tell us the name of your EP?
3: Yes. It's called Sonia. Uh, which means dream in Portuguese. Um, and it was because, I i mean, I've said it so many times to Fabiana. I was like, this is like a dream. I'm so, this is like a dream. And I said it so many times. And it's so cheesy to say something like that. I feel like, you know, we've kind of like, um, <clears throat> there is like, I don't know. I feel like, like overused. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. overused and, you know, I think sometimes people are embarrassed to be joyful Mm. and to have like, you know, that admit that like something is their dream. And, Mm. you know, certainly I was guilty of that too, of like, like not paying attention to the things that I really wanted to do in my life. Mm. And I was like, what else am I going to call this? I'm going to call it Sonia because it is like the culmination of a lot of, you know, a lot of time, a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, that's finally come to fruition.
2: Awesome. Okay. Where can people access it? How can they purchase it?
3: Uh, any digital platform. Um, it'll be on, on Spotify, on iTunes. Uh, I'm also looking to put it on Bandcamp. Um, cool. Yeah, but uh, it'll be on any digital platform.
2: Awesome.
1: Are you going to make any physical copies or is it just going to be uh, digital?
3: This one's going to be digital mm-hmm. only. Um, but I think, you know, Fabiana and I are already talking about the next one.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, that was my next question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, you know, it's uh, it's addicting. As much as like I was uh out of it you know emotionally during the recording Mm -hmm. it was so much fun Mm -hmm. um I had a lot a ton of fun with the musicians and um yeah I can't I honestly cannot wait to do it again maybe you can do a duet oh my gosh
1: (laughs)
0: that's that's my (laughs) Sonia yeah
3: cool that would be awesome oh my god that would be awesome yeah oh my gosh I can't wait honestly I can't um I can't talk about her enough. Um,
2: she's going to be at camp this year, right? Yeah, she
3: is. She is. She I have is. Always she's wanted so to
2: take one she, of her classes. Oh my gosh. Her something class, always happening. With, yeah. Her classes happens. are so great. Yeah. I've walked by when they're on and it's like, she does a great, everyone's do, making crazy sounds. And it seems like she really gets people feeling comfortable. She does. I mean, like, uh, she, she does.
3: She, mm-hmm. Cool. She does. Yeah. And also she's like, um, you know, beyond just the, the physicality of singing one thing I've learned from her and it, and she even said it too, you know, when we started that, you know, you, you have to interpret, uh, songs, right. You don't just sing them. Mm. Um, and I think that's one thing that I've taken, uh, that I've sort of incorporated or learned. I mean, I'm still working on it because, um, you know, I think, uh, I'm very self-conscious. And so for the longest time, I performed sitting down with a band, right? We sat down, like if the guitar sat down and the, you know, I I sat down. Um, and she was the one that was like, you need to stand up. You need mm. to use your body. You need to interpret. You need to, mm. you know, singing is more than just, you know, making a, a, a sound with your voice. It's, it's, it's performing. And I, I mean, Diana and I saw her at a house concert Mm -hmm. um, in San Francisco. Um, The way that she captivates an audience is like, it's crazy, Uh, you know, and it's because she's not just performing a song. She's, she's like embodying it.
2: Mm -hmm. Got the stage presence going. mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. If you've seen her at at Brazil camp, you, you know that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Mm-hmm mm-hmm
3: yeah yeah and it's what's so funny is that uh we're the you know we're the same almost the exact same age Oh, uh, really? uh, like yeah we were born the same year but she is just uh you know there's some people who just have knowledge you know and uh I mean she's that's you know she's worked for that knowledge too but uh thankful thankfully for us And for you know students that go to Brazil camp, she's
1: more than willing to share it. Yeah, she's so uh, accessible. Like, Mm -hmm. she's so generous Mm -hmm. with her time. Yeah, yeah. So I
3: can't. I hope we. I hope we can interview her soon. And yeah, uh, let's do it. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, Sylvia, do you have any other thoughts or on this on this on this EP or? things you want to mention about it that we haven't asked. Um no,
3: I think I I, I think I talked a lot. I think we uh, this is uh, supposed to be a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, thank you guys for having me on and also thank you to Brazil camp for bringing Fabiana all those years ago. um and for, you know, I think, a big thank you to Brazil Camp. Not just, you know, for Fabiana, but for all of the 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 teachers that they bring.
1: Um Sylvia so actually got to sing for Joycey and she enjoyed it. <laughs>
3: yes. Yeah. Actually I can't wait to I'm gonna I am mean, going i want to reach out to her and send her the EP because oh, that's uh, great. when we did um when when I took one of her classes, I got to sing Monsieur Binot with her,
0: which mm-hmm. I have
3: in a recording. And I'm mm-hmm. and like that's like saying that that's crazy. Um, cause she's like, you know, she's, she's another legend.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I have a recording of us singing Monsieur Binot" together, her playing guitar. And afterwards she came up to me and she said, Sylvia, do you have any recordings? Cause if you do, I want to buy them.
1: That's awesome.
3: And I said, no, I don't Joycey. I do. not <laughs> <laughs> Um, and thankfully, I can now say no. that I How do. Sweet. There you go. And one of them is her song. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Also, awesome. thank so, yeah. you. So, yeah, thank you, Brazil Camp, because, there, you know, it wouldn't, I don't know if this would have been possible. I mean, it wouldn't have been possible. It wouldn't have happened this way without without Brazil Camp.
1: And we wouldn't have all met.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have oh so much to Brazil Camp. Imagine, like, I I wouldn't have made it through chemotherapy without Diana and
1: Courtney
3: because they did know they did know about it and honestly pulled me through a lot of crazy days so
2: you had a lot going lots on of love for Brazil camp kind of, Lots you of your own health thing and then your mom mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. hers and yeah you that was a and the pandemic that was a yeah uh, and the uh, pandemic rough yeah go man yeah. yeah
3: it was the uh the anus orribilus. uh <laughs> But thankfully, we we all have made it through knock on wood. Yeah. And you Um, came out of it with an album. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What did you do during the pandemic? (laughs) You've inspired me to make a all Hippiki album. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear that.
1: (laughs) I would. Oh, my God. I freaking love the Hippiki.
2: Well, thank you, Sylvia. Yeah.
1: Yes, we can't no. wait to hear the the yeah. whole thing uh, once it's available. Yeah, we've heard, we've heard bits and pieces, but excited yeah. to hear it as a whole.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm putting my faith in in the distributor, and you know, because I've never done this before, so I assume it's going to show up on Friday the twenty sixth. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way for me to verify that you're like they told me it would they said it says it's on it's ready and on the way
1: and delivered to the to the digital platforms but you know we'll see we'll see so listeners (laughs) spread the word Uh, a lot of you know Sylvia from camp um, so yeah share this on your social media once you see it
0: Damo Ah, comme on est bien Dans mon île On fait jamais rien On se dort au soleil qui nous caresse l'emparesse sans, sans sans gérard demain dans mon île ah comme il fait doux bien tranquille près de ma doudou Sous le grand cocotier qui se balance en silence
2: enjoyed that and we have links uh to her all her different social media accounts and how to get her music and listen to it also photos are there of sylvia from her album so go to our website theBrazilianBeat.com, to check it out
1: if you uh you know she did this um EP with the help of Fabiana Costa. If you're interested about Fabiana or singing, Fabiana will be teaching at California Brazil Camp for both weeks this summer. So, she is an amazing teacher, um, and I recommend her her teaching to to all levels. She's great.
2: Yeah, and Sylvia will be there too. She better be. <laughs> at least she's hoping to. She better be. We're just gonna say, and Sylvia will be there too. Make it so <laughs> <laughs> now she has to. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Ciao.